Hello there, and welcome to Goop Tales. I'm Maria Calancini, the founder, writer, and narrator behind these original audio stories. Goop Tales is a storytelling podcast for children created to ignite your imagination, broaden your horizons, and introduce you to different cultures and exotic animals, while also sparking important conversations about character traits. Today's story was inspired by Rorick. I want to thank you, Rorick, for suggesting the goop name One Upya. I think we all know a One Upya, which is someone who wants to One Up you. And you can see what One Upya looks like and all of the real photos for this story if you go to gooptales.com forward slash episode 114. Now, before I give a little recap of the last episode and get into the story, I just want to say I took a little bit of time off over the summer, which I think some of you have noticed because you've reached out to me and also written up an iTunes review, somebody, um, who at least it was five stars, but I know you you said I hadn't put anything out in two months. Well, I think it's been a month. But yeah, I did take some time off because I need to reignite my own imagination sometimes and get new inspiration and just let it all cook up in there so I can keep coming up with great stories. So I didn't go away. I just took some time off. And I'm sure you're all enjoying a little time off this summer too. Now, in the last episode of Goop Tales, we met Rock Arena, a very attentive Goop who always gives all of her attention to her amazing rock collection. And while trying to save a piece of marble from Smashem's hammer, Rock Arena ended up getting sent all the way to Greece. And when she was there, she had to make her way to the island of Paros to find a very special kind of marble. But she wasn't ready for the quarry to test her. It did, and fortunately, she proved trustworthy. And the Praean marble took her back to Gupro. And when she got there, she couldn't wait to show One Upya the new addition to her collection. But he was riding the fastest roller coaster in the world. Keep listening to find out how he got there and what he needs to do to get home. Tales episode 114 One Upya and the Formula Rosa. One Upya was such a brainy young one, but he mixed up his smarts with lots of fun. He could think so very fast, he could answer a question before it was asked. But oh, what an annoying habit he had of one-upping everyone. It made others so mad. 
Chapter One. Once upon a time, there was a very knowledgeable and well-read goop boy named Wanapya. He knew many things about many things and was always eager to share his knowledge. This came in quite handy, especially during Miss Wigglebutt's monthly rounds of trivia. On the last Friday of each month, Miss Wigglebutt held trivia contests for whoever wanted to join. She always made sure to have a large jar of red Swedish fish with her. And every time someone answered a trivia question correctly, she tossed them a Swedish fish. There wasn't a single goop who didn't love a red Swedish fish. Sweet Toothia always did her best to answer trivia questions correctly and made sure to attend every contest. But unfortunately, trivia was not her strong suit. One Upya, on the other hand, was excellent at trivia and enjoyed shooting his hand into the air to catch a red Swedish fish and then standing up proudly, showing his number one t-shirt and his sweatband. Who knows why apples float? asked Miss Wigglebutt. Before she could even call on him, One Upya jumped up and blurted out, because they are one quarter air. Miss Wigglebutt tossed him a Swedish fish. Then she continued, how long is the world's longest French fry? 34 inches, said One Upya. This time, Miss Wigglebutt tossed him two Swedish fish and said, well done. One Upya beamed and turned around to give the Swedish fish to Sweet Toothia and Anoya who were sitting right behind him. They both smiled in delight and ate the Swedish fish. This was the one upya that the other goops knew and loved. At his best, one upya was generous, perceptive, and a joy to be around. At his not so best, he was a one upper. One upya often felt the need to prove himself and he did it by one-upping everyone around him. When Gablia came into class and talked about the most incredible chocolate cake that she had made, a deep, dark, rich chocolate cake sprinkled with chocolate chips and a whipped buttercream frosting, she had little stars floating around her head. I used a special dark chocolate and truly, it was out of this world. I'm going to make it again and share a piece with all of you, she told the class proudly. Oh my gosh, I remember I made a chocolate cake a few weeks ago and I had no idea that it was going to be so amazing. I used the finest chocolate from the best chocolate shop and then I got the freshest butter for the frosting and I am told that it was the best chocolate cake ever, chimed in one up ya. Gablia glared at him. He had stolen her thunder and one-upped her, and she wasn't happy about it. Anoya rolled her eyes as she was in her usual state of annoyance. On a dry summer day, 
when the son threw down beams of fire, Drom pulled out his bucket of chop and got busy drawing. The streets were dry and dusty, perfect for chalk. Having promised Runner that he would draw the most spectacular racetrack for him to run, Drom drew a dirt road in Africa that was surrounded by tall, looming trees, creating the illusion of shade. He even drew a giraffe peeking over one of the trees. Drom was adding a sunset to the sky with his orange chalk as Runner arrived. Drom, you have outdone yourself. This is spectacular. I feel like I'm in Africa, said Runner. Drom gave a nod of thank you and continued with his artistry. He kept on drawing the dirt road and had it wind around the block. As he turned the corner, Drom ran into Wanapya. What are you up to? asked Wanapya. I'm drawing a dirt running track in Africa for runner to run on, replied Drom. Hmm, said Wanapya, and then disappeared into his house. A few minutes later, Wanapya was back outside with a bucket of chalk. He watched Runner running up and down the dirt road track that Drom had created. I can draw a fabulous racetrack for you, Runner, proclaimed Wanapya. Runner didn't pay any attention to him because he was so enthralled with his Kenyan racetrack and the giraffe. Wanapya began to draw a racetrack, a very modern racetrack in red, white, and black. He drew black and white checkered squares and pattern lines. There were red marks along the side, and he even drew bleachers so that a crowd could sit on the sidelines and watch the race. Just as he finished drawing a row of bleachers, Rima came along and sang out, What you doing, one up you, my friend? Are you drawing a racetrack with no end? One up you laughed and said, I'm drawing the best racetrack ever, even better than Drom's. Watch me run it. Rima laughed and sat down on one of the chalk bleachers and said, Okay, on my count of three, you will flee. One, two, three. And at that, one up you flew down his racetrack, running as fast as he could. He ran past the checkered flags and stayed in the red lines. He ran and ran and ran. And then, as his foot set down on the last stretch of his racetrack, the sidewalk opened up and swallowed him. Chapter Two Hot, dry heat and complete darkness surrounded Wanapya. He sat still, feeling the dusty ground beneath him. The sweat dripping from his brow was soaked up by his bright yellow number one sweatband. Wanapya decided not to move. 
He wanted to wait for the darkness to disappear. He wanted to see where he was. So he patiently waited and waited. As time went on, he began to hear small movements in the dark. A brushing sound in the dirt that sounded like a small animal digging. The distant sound of an animal calling out and the slow trotting of an animal making its way across the dirt. The sounds didn't scare Wanapya. They excited him. His eyes squinted as he saw light crack open the darkness. Morning was here. The light quickly spread until the darkness completely disappeared, and Wanapya found himself in a desert-like park. Behind him, he heard soft and quick running. Wanapya quietly crouched down below the brush beside him and peeked through it. Off in the distance, he saw a herd of gazelles flying through the air. Wanapya watched them, mesmerized. The gazelles literally flew. He couldn't see their feet hit the ground they moved so quickly. Inspiration overcame him, and immediately he wanted to fly like a gazelle. He tried moving one of his legs forward, but it barely moved. He felt like he was pulling 100 pounds of bricks just to take a step forward. Grunting, he tried to move his other foot, and the same thing happened. What's going on? He said to himself, as he reached down to tug at one of his legs. You've lost your power, for now anyway, said a voice behind him. When up you turned around to see an adorable cat-like creature peering up at him with a knowing look. For now? asked one up you. What about later? The little cat looked up to the sky for a moment, lost in thought, and then turned to Wanapya and said, Later, later. Well, everything is a possibility for later, isn't it? Wanapya just stared back at the cat. He didn't know what to make of it or of this situation. Was this little cat trying to confuse him by speaking in riddles? Yes, I suppose it is, replied Wanapya. But I would really like to move my legs now, not later. I understand. I would want to do the same thing if I were you. The sun will soon beat down so hot, you'll melt if you don't move. And I'm guessing those gazelles you just saw running by were running from striped tiny. Yes, I would want to move if I were you and sooner rather than later, said the little cat. One-Upya was growing annoyed, and he felt the need to one-up this little cat, the need to start speaking in riddles, too. He was silent for a moment until he had a riddle ready to come out of his mouth. It was on the tip of his tongue, but then he swallowed it, which was a very wise move. The cat just stared at him, 
waiting for Wanapia to say something. I'm sorry, I haven't introduced myself. I'm Wanapia, and I'm a goop from Goop World. What's your name? asked Wanapia. The little cat smiled and said, I'm Chorda, and I'm a sand dune cat living here in Dubai National Park. And thank you for asking. Wanapia smiled. At least now he knew where he was. Chorda, do you know why I lost my power and why I can't walk? How can I get it back? asked Wanapia. Oh, also, who is the striped tiny? He added with trepidation. Chorda looked up to the sky again, where a fierce yellow sun was now glowing. She closed her eyes for a moment and then gazed back at Wanapia. I do know, she said. Then she was silent. During that moment of silence, they could hear the herd of gazelles running rapidly in the distance. Wanapia waited patiently for silence. And then he politely asked, Will you tell me what you know? Chorda smiled and said, I will. The sun grounded you. She saw you land here in a strange and foreign place. And she grounded you to protect you. You would have moved straight into the path of the striped hiney if the sun hadn't grounded you. And then you would be gone, said Chorda. Wanapia thought about this for a moment and then gave a short glance towards the sun before asking again, Who is the striped hiney? Chorda sighed and told Wanapia about the striped hyena, a fierce yet endangered species. There weren't many of them. There was one that liked to roam around on his own, away from his pack. He was chasing the herd of gazelles when Wanapia arrived in the park. And had Wanapia been able to move, the striped hyena would have surely seen him. In the bushes, a twig cracked in two. Chapter 3 Wanapya froze upon hearing the twig crack. Could it be the striped hiney? He glanced at Shorta, who was slowly shaking her head back and forth, as if to say, Don't move. Wanapya did not move. He didn't even blink an eye. Chorda and Wanapya sat in silence as a few more twigs cracked. Without warning, the crackling grew louder and a striped flash zipped right past. Once everything had calmed down, Chorda, slowly and silently, peered through the brush while motioning to Wanapya not to move. After a minute of surveying the scene, she motioned for Wanapya to come out. 
he moved his legs, which felt like jello. And for a moment, he couldn't control them very well. His whole body had fallen asleep after being grounded by the sun, and it would take a moment to get his senses back. Finally, Wanapya stood up and walked over to Chorda. She pointed off in the distance where he could see the dust trail of the striped hiney chasing a gazelle. I think now would be a very good time for you to leave the park, said Shorda. I agree, and I can run very quickly if you tell me which direction. Shorda chuckled. <laughs> I highly doubt you can outrun a striped hiney. In fact, I am going to suggest we summon some help for you in the form of a gazelle. Not the one that the striped hiney is chasing, but my friend Hadi. He is by far the fastest gazelle here in the park. Wanapya didn't know whether to feel relieved or insulted as he considered himself very fast and he didn't like the idea of being one-upped by a gazelle. Chorda didn't give a fig about what Wanapya thought. She was already busy signaling Hadi. She climbed up a nearby tree and gave a low call that only Chorda and Hadi knew. It was the kind of call that a striped hiney would just consider background noise and pay no attention to. Within moments, Wanapya saw a small dust cloud appear right in front of him. When the dust settled, there stood the most elegant and upright gazelle staring right at him. Hadi here, at your service. Not a second to waste, my speedy one. I hear you fancy yourself the speediest of the land. Let's see how you do at Formula Rosa. Hop on, said Hadi. Wanapya's eyes widened in disbelief. Chorda just stood there staring at him as if to say, What are you waiting for? Wanapya held up his foam finger and said, Off we go then, as he hopped on Hadi's back. Hadi zipped away across the park before Wanapya even had a chance to say goodbye to Chorda. There was a beautiful earthy orange blur that surrounded Wanapya as Hadi brought him closer to Formula Rosa. They were moving too quickly for anything to come into focus. Wanapya really wanted to stop and asked what Formula Rosa was, but he sensed that his questions would slow them down and be most unwelcome. So he held on for dear life and let Hadi move them through the park. Finally, Hadi came to a halt on a patch of green grass outside a very large dome. Wanapya could hear screams and shouts of humans coming from inside the structure. What is that? He asked Hadi. It's the humans who are riding the Formula Rosa, the fastest roller coaster in the world. They're screaming because it's moving so fast. 
screaming. I would never scream if I rode that roller coaster. Silly humans, they're just scared, declared one up ya. Well, it is very scary to go that fast on a machine, said Hadi. I just rode on you, said one up ya proudly. You did, and you did very well. But Formula Rosa flies high and through the air and goes more than two times as fast as me, warned Hadi. Ah, that's nothing. I can do that without screaming, said one up ya. Let's see you do it then, challenged Hadi. Okay, but how will you know if I scream with so many screamers on board? Asked one up ya, who was beginning to regret his words. Oh, I will know, because you will be the only one on board the Formula Rosa, and I will stand below, listening for no screams responded Hadi with a knowing smile. Chapter 4 Wanapia looked up at the enormously tall structure looming above them. It glittered as the last rays of sunlight hit its metal surface high in the sky Wanapia squished his giant finger glove, releasing some of the tension he felt. He pondered what it would be like to fly through the air on the fastest roller coaster in the world, to go more than two times as fast as he had just gone when he was riding Hadi. The oncoming noise of a crowd interrupted his thoughts. Turning, he saw thousands of humans streaming out of the stadium that held Formula Rosa. The theme park was closing. Soon, it would be time for Wanapya and Hadi to enter and for Wanapya to ride the Formula Rosa. How can we do this if the park is closed? Asked Wanapya. The park comes alive at night when no one is watching smiled Hadi. This statement made Wanapya even more nervous. Hadi and Wanapya stood quietly in the shadows as the park emptied out and was locked up. Finally, when all was quiet, Hadi said, follow me. Wanapya followed Hadi through a series of underground tunnels where doors swung open as they approached. The park was alive. After navigating through the underworld of the huge theme park, Hadi and Wanapya finally arrived at the foot of the Formula Rosa. A white and red carriage roared into life and pulled right up in front of Wanapya, beckoning him to sit inside. He glanced back at Hadi, who nodded and then said, the park is here for you, listen. And they both listened to complete silence. After a moment, Hadi said, as you ride the Formula Rosa, I will hear nothing 
but the sound of the roller coaster? The entire park will be listening. One up you felt a bead of sweat dripping down his head until his sweatband caught it. How did I get myself into this mess? He thought as he tried to conceal his nervousness from Hadi. Hadi saw everything but didn't say a word. He was very wise. The red and white carriage roared back and forth as if to say, Come now, let's go. It's time, said Hadi. Step in. Wanapia crinkled up his face like a prune, and another sweat bead rolled down his forehead. He had to do this. He was the one who had boasted that he would never scream, and now he had to prove it true. But nothing in him wanted to do this, especially alone. One Upya gave a little fake half smile and stepped into the awaiting seat. The moment he sat down, a safety bar flew over his head and locked into place. It was too late now. One Upya was going to ride the Formula Rosa, the fastest roller coaster in the world, alone, and he wasn't going to make a sound. The park was listening along with Hadi. The Formula Rosa was silent for a moment and then roared into life and began to move, slowly at first as momentum built, and then it rocketed ahead in a straight flat line. One up you clutched the safety bar as the track shot upwards and then did a sideways twist, shooting down so quickly one up you couldn't bring anything into focus. He was terrified and full of anxiety. This was so much faster and scarier than riding Hadi. It was unlike anything he had ever experienced before. Oh, how he wanted to scream. He held back the urge to let out a huge scream. He just couldn't. He had to prove to Hadi that he could one-up all those humans. The track went up and down and twisted almost upside down. Nothing about this was enjoyable for Wanapya because he was holding on to his pride and fear so deeply. The Formula Rosa continued on like a bullet and it twisted around, turning Wanapya sideways until he could stand it no longer. He let out a huge scream that came from deep in his belly, and then he screamed again and again. All of the tension and pride that he had been hanging onto flew up and out of his body, and all one up you felt was pure exhilaration. He was having the time of his life now that he had let go. He didn't need to one-up anyone. He just needed to embrace the ride, and that is exactly what he did. Far below, Hadi heard the screams of joy and smiled. He knew the Formula Rosa had worked her magic. Twisting and turning and screaming, one up you flew through the air with no cares. He didn't care if Hadi heard him screaming. 
nothing mattered anymore but this moment of pure joy. As he reached the peak of the Formula Rosa, his safety bar released, and when Apia was shot into the night sky, Hadi looked up to see him disappear into a midnight sea of stars. For Wanapya, it was a moment of sheer magic as he flew past the stars until finally he descended and found himself back at a chalk racetrack in Goop World. He looked around to find Rima and tell her all about the Formula Rosa, but she was nowhere to be seen. She was clutching a giant kite in Guatemala, but that is a tale for another time. All right, that is it for today's story, One Up Ya and the Formula Rosa. I hope you enjoyed going on that trip with him and with me. I have to say, I have not been on a roller coaster in years. And as I was writing this story, I was thinking, do I want to go on a roller coaster? Or would it just make me feel really sick? I don't know. What do all of you think of roller coasters? If you love them or if you hate them, leave me a message at gooptales.com and let me know. There's a little space at gooptales.com where you can leave me a voice message and I'd love to hear from you. Now, if you want to download the coloring page that goes with today's episode, just visit gooptales.com forward slash episode 114. And on that same page, you'll also be able to see the cover drawing, get to see what one up you looks like, and the real life photos that go with today's story. And I love seeing your drawings. So if you want to do a drawing for Goop Tales, just make it have an adult upload it to social media and tag us on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok at Gooptales. And now I want to thank so many of you who have written in to me in the past couple weeks while I've been taking my vacation, written in or left a voicemail message. I want to thank Noah, Shira, Avery, Rafi, Mariah, Zoe, Maddie, Goldie, Rosewyn, Blake, another Avery, Simon, Varna, Grace, David, Rachel, Kathleen, Joe, Isla, Quinn, Nazali, Noemi, Nina, Hazel, and Azalea for sending in voice messages. And if I missed your name and you sent one in, don't worry, it's going to come in the next podcast. And now take a little listen to the voicemail from Rorick that inspired One Up Ya. And I will see you in the next Goop Tale. Hi, Maria. This is, I'm Rorick. So me and my mom, we wanted to make a goop, two goops. One's a boy and one's a girl. And and we, the names are One Up Ya and Fancy Pants. So Let's start off with fancy pants, and so we wanted to go like to to like a place in Tahoe, a little island, and she wants everybody to be so fancy that when they're not fancy, get 
fancy she gets so mad. And now one up ya, he's a boy and so he goes to a we don't know what the place is yet, but we'll figure it out. Uh -huh. His personality is like if someone says like ow my knee and he'll say ow my knee hurts way more than yours. He'll only try to one up ya. <laughs> That's why we gave him the name one up ya. Bye.